You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Whether it's minicamp or week seven, one of the greatest abilities in the NFL is availability. Uh. Let's go back to the offense. Chase Claypool <laughs> did not practice. More soft <laughs> tissue talk. I don't like soft tissue talk, whether it's June or October, Dan. What's the deal? Yeah. So third consecutive week that Chase Claypool hasn't been on the practice field. And David, we heard a couple of weeks ago that he was dealing with a soft tissue issue. Today, Matt Eberflus referred to it as, quote unquote, a few things. A few things is plural. That is multiple. They're still kind of framing it as as minor. But I know that I sat up straight in my chair when Matt Eberflus volunteered a few things as if to say it's not just the one thing anymore. And we're working through this and hopeful that Chase Claypool can be on the field uh, when they get to training camp. And, and, and he was also pressed about the status of Darnell Mooney and, and definitely did not give any indication that Darnell Mooney has been able to do any sort of uh, on grass running at this point, which is again, uh, uh, one of those things that you don't pull, pull an alarm on, but you certainly say, okay, I'm going to set my expectations accordingly. You know, my rules with injuries. I need to see it with my own eyes before I believe that, that someone is close to returning to full strength. I mean, on the one hand, obviously you see we're three months from the opener. We're three months from the first game that the bears play that counts. So you have to keep that into perspective. On the other, you, you know, football sports is all about habits and trends. And when you have somebody that you have high expectations for in Claypool yes. and you have somebody with his injury history, you do start to worry about these things becoming more of a trend or a pattern that you really, you know, don't like to see. Well, and they've talked so strongly internally inside the building here at Hellas Hall about the need for Chase Claypool to develop that rapport with Justin Fields. And that's a rapport uh, that's not just being friends when you sit down in meetings. It's it's where are you going to be on this route? When are you going to be there? How are you going to turn your hips when I throw the ball? Where do I need to place the ball so it's most comfortable for you? There's a lot of things here in a quarterback-receiver relationship that need to be worked on in live action. And when you forfeit three weeks of the summer program, now again, you're playing catch-up when you get to training camp. If you get to training camp, you know, if you're if you're cleared for that first week of practice, Chase Claypool has probably the biggest question mark potentially on this roster hanging above his head right now. And he's got to remove that at some point. You know, it's got to be replaced with a different <laughs> punctuation. And, and, and right now um, we're just asking a lot of questions about Chase Claypool and, and we don't have many answers. So when you look at uh, back to the offensive line, Nate Davis is here. Nate Davis spoke. Nate Davis was finally available, accessible. How do you uh, – what kind of impression did he make on you? Because he is a guy who, you know, created a, quite a stir by his absence during the voluntary portions of OTAs. Now he has to be here, and he did show up. What did he have to say? 
Enjoyable guy to talk to, David, for sure. Certainly uh, willing and engaged in the conversation, which is always fun from our standpoint. He said that the, the reason he was away, he was just tending to his normal routine. Didn't seem very phased by the idea that he had signed a huge contract with a new team and just felt like, hey, you know, I missed a couple of weeks. I had some things to, to take care of off the field. He wouldn't specify what those were. Um, but, you know, said he was back, obviously, for, for OTA week three, which we saw with our own eyes last week. And the one day we were able to be out here uh, practicing again this week. And so, he feels like he'll be able to catch up pretty quickly. He feels like he brings a lot to that offensive line. They feel like the gel of that offensive line will be able to kind of uh, really um, escalate when they get to training camp. And especially if you've got your core five ready to go, uh, which it seems like it's it's likely at this point. Really nice to see Tevin Jenkins on the practice field every single day, right? We know that that one of the biggest questions about him is can, how long will he stay there? Um, and so his availability also is is helpful to the interior of that line when you talk about Nate Davis, Cody Whitehair, and Tevin Jenkins being guys that are going to have to keep Justin uh, comfortable in a pocket in a year where we're working on Justin's pocket presence improving. How important or significant is it that Nate Davis, a veteran, a guy who has been around the block, is lining up next to a right tackle who hasn't a first round draft pick who you want to groom and develop and and have those good habits and now he does have I mean I think there's a difference when we talk about why the Bears have initially you know wouldn't they want to move somebody into left guard and in, in, in a free agent guy and keep Tevin Jenkins at right guard I wonder if part of their thought process was Nate Davis has played well at right guard let's leave him there and oh by the way he can help the new right tackle that we're having here as a as a mentor if you will. Well, I, I think back immediately when you asked that question to my first season on the beat in 2013 when the Bears went to opening day with two rookie starters on the offensive line and Jordan Mills and Kyle Long. And the way those guys talked about Matt Slauson and Jermon Bushrod and the resource that those guys were for the two of them and just one, just feeling like your head wasn't spinning out of control, two, simplifying things and being like, look, there's a lot more to learn, but you don't have to learn it all today. You know, so master one thing today and move on to the next day. And so if Darnell Wright can use Nate Davis in any way, shape, or form to be a sounding board, to be a guy to ask questions to, to be a guy who you can emulate in certain situations, it's very valuable, you know, and it is significant. And, and now it's all about just, just getting yourself up to speed to where you go to the starting gate week one, feeling comfortable, feeling confident that you're ready to, to, to start because this league doesn't wait around for anybody, particularly at, at those positions where you're going to be exposed when you make mistakes. And so Darnell Wright needs to, to understand that and he needs to use every resource he has to, to, to accelerate his development. So let's switch sides of the ball. Let's go from Nate Davison being uh, very professional at the podium, explaining why he wasn't there, to Justin Jones, <laughs> who who had a little fun at the Packers fan expense, and, and people will eat that up in Chicago. But he certainly has said some things uh, at the podium on the first day of minicamp that will be brought back whenever they play the Packers on opening the first game of the season. Justin Jones, entertaining guy, fun guy to cover. What'd you make of what he had to say today about Packer fans? Look, you like a good aside, and it's clear that friend of the podcast, Patrick Finley, is working on a story about the new landscape of the NFC North because he's been asking for three weeks these questions to players on what is it like to be in the new look NFC North without Aaron Rodgers. And Justin Jones took that as his opportunity to uh, take a little side route and, and, and refer to Packers fans as shitty, <laughs> David, and, and, and then was followed up uh, with, with what makes them shitty and gave a, an answer and saying, look, like they're the razzing you before the game. There hasn't been any plays uh, run yet, and, and, and they're talking junk the whole time, and he just felt like they didn't know football. But it, it really it, nice fuel 
for social media, fuel for the fire of this rivalry, fuel uh, at a time where Justin Jones said he wishes Aaron Rodgers was still around because he felt like there was some payback. He was only here one year, David. He didn't have to live 15 years like like most people in Chicago have had to. And it clearly left uh, a mark on him that Aaron Rodgers beat the Bears twice last year and did so in a way that that stung a little bit and said he wished he was still here, but he's not. Now it's time to turn his ire towards Packers fans, obviously. And so the best way to turn his ire towards Packers fans, as he noted at the end of the press conference, was to beat them at Lambeau Field next year and to hear the boos <laughs> as the Bears are celebrating a win in Lambeau Field, which, as you and I both know, it's not very often you leave that beautiful press box up there uh, with the Bears celebrating a victory. Is that out of character for Justin Jones to be that candid like no. that? Or, no, no. That's pretty much within his personality. He, 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 J- Justin Jones w- was one of my favorite guys last year because he is one of those straight shooters. He is one of those guys that when you go talk to him, he's going to tell you how he feels. He doesn't care how it's interpreted. He doesn't care how it's misconstrued. He doesn't care what PFT headline he creates, which is obviously going to happen when you drop a soundbite like that. Uh, he's just going to tell you how he feels, and and it's refreshing. Uh, that's obviously a way he feels. And he also had a lot of things to say also about the kind of the state of the defense and 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 the hunger, I guess, that, that guys right now are feeling from this current unit, which Eddie Jackson also spoke to. And Eddie's been here uh, for a long time now. This will be year seven for Eddie Jackson. He's lived through a lot of different versions of Chicago Bears defense. He's really... Um, impressed by the energy of this group but yeah justin spoke about that also so eddie jackson back on the field eddie jackson you said year seven yeah crazy coming, to think about right it, it, it really is remember remember that first game in carolina the breakthrough game when he had the two touchdowns the two defensive touchdowns and it was like whoa we we, we got something here he's been here a very long time now and i wonder uh, not only because of the age but because of the injury history when he's on the field are you holding your breath what does he look like and how concerned is he that he you know is fully healed from this latest injury well i was excited to see him working into to team stuff today because sometimes you you know they're going to take a cautious route and you're going to try to get a guy ready for for training camp and you can work them into otas and mini camp but you're just doing some light stuff to make sure they're doing okay um eddie is energized and he understands what being a year seven veteran in the league means it means you don't have a day to waste it means you're grateful for every opportunity you have and i know he feels very fortunate to have avoided the surgery last year, you know, and, and getting four to six weeks out from that injury and hearing from his doctors that it's healing well and you're probably not going to have to go go in for that procedure was a, a relief to him. And he knows right now, David, the, the, where this team is. You know, this is a team coming off a 3-14 and 14 year. This is a team that once Roquan Smith left the building, never won again. This is a team that allowed more than 400 yards per game in a 10-game losing streak to finish the season. If you're one of the leaders of that group, you better – make your presence felt every single day. Eddie has the uh, maturity as a veteran. Now he has the the confidence now, and obviously the biggest piece of the puzzle right now, the health to do those things on a daily basis. And so I think he's really eager um, to put his fingerprints all over the 2023 defense. Hopefully those are our fingerprints that push this team back in a winning direction. 